0: Uh, I thought for a lot of the game he looked like a tired team, quite honestly, but but uh, we, we did what we needed to do uh, in terms of building a lead. The guys have just stepped up their game in key times. It's allowed us to get points, here even when we're, not at, when we're not at our best. You know, the guys are finding ways and competing hard. I thought Bobby McMahon comes in, gives us really important minutes here tonight. Um, we talked about Jones. You know, like, Guys have been stepping up all the way through, you know, it's not just uh, the McCabe's and the guys that we
1: rely on, you know, Riley Brody, and, uh, our key forwards, all that. I think we've been getting really good performances throughout our lineup. Fan morning show, Sportsnet the fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. That was head coach Sheldon Keefe after yesterday's dismantling of the uh, New York Rangers, aided mostly by a 4-1 First period, things got dicey in the second and then uh, emerging in the third with power play goal to put it away. Austin Matthews, four points, including two goals. Mitch Marner with a couple of goals as well as the Maple Leafs find themselves very much within striking distance atop the Atlantic Division. Just four points back of the Boston Bruins as they are 15-6-5, just one regulation loss in their last time. There's just one of three teams in the NHL right now with only one regulation loss. In their last ten, they're playing. They're playing good hockey. There's just really, there's you can quibble, I suppose. For sure. Not with yesterday's game though. On the back end of back to back, considering the injuries they're dealing mm. with, considering you know
0: the Martin Jones of it all. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that that's exactly what you want to do. You came out, you, we always talk about teams on the back night, back to backs, and they're going to be tired, and yeah, they're going to be tired, but a lot of times you do have the fresher legs, because you're just, you're you are still in it, you're almost still swimming from last night, and I, I, I thought you saw that, and again, I'm going to point to it, it's, you know, obviously it goes without saying that the 5-3 goal gave them some breathing room, but the fact that it came so early in that period, so often this team has been victimized with goals at the end of period, mm. or goals at the beginning for other teams, we think back to Florida and the two minutes at the start of that second period that did them in in that series last year and to see them ha- get quite frankly like they got rocked at the end of that second period you got two goals scored against you you think you're laughing it's 4-1 all of a sudden it's 4-3 and to have Marner get that power play marker early in the third that was massive uh,
1: massive for the dads as well as they get to watch three of do it for the dads points. Um, They did it for this dad last night. He was fired up. By the Maple Leafs, and they also get to see John Tavares with uh, his 1,000th point. All right. This insider is brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Today's insider, the great
0: Nick Kiprios of Real Kipper and Born. How's it going, Kipper?
1: I'm good. How are you guys? Doing all right. Fired up,
0: Kipper. I love that. Jake I McCabe. Like I mean, million things to get excited about, but that still has like I feel like I got hit with as much electricity as he hit whoever that uh, poor ranger was last night, man. I was just what a fun game that was, Kipper.
2: Well, I I yeah, there's a there's a few things to be excited about, uh, but that hit has to be right up Uh, at the top of the list here because if you were going to think there was going to be any type of hit like that at Madison Square Garden, it was going to come from uh, Jacob. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's the second one we've seen this week. He had a huge hit also uh, uh, versus Nashville, and it just looks like uh, that's the type of guy that uh, the Leafs had traded for. With Chicago last year that uh that had a ripple effect of uh a Jake Muzzin a shutdown guy a, a guy that uh, you got to think twice on on going down his uh his side uh if that's the Jake uh, uh McCabe that uh that will show up a lot more. Um, It adds a a different layer to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, it certainly does. You know, we've talked a lot about
0: him and just since he got acquired, right, of the idea of you see that, there's definitely that in his game. Now, it feels like this hasn't happened as much lately. It feels, but he's also been prone to the two or three times where he tries to do that and and it's a bad read and all of a sudden it's a two-on-one going the other way. What do you think the ideal partner looks like for him and is that guy on this team, Kipper?
2: Yeah, I, that that's that's a good question, Gunner, uh, because it's just been uh uh a mixed bag uh for a very long time. It's one of the things that I think uh that has eluded uh Sheldon Keefe in terms of trying to find matchups uh, on the back end that uh are are just solid and and are a no brainer when you fill out the uh the lineup card. Uh, but right now, uh, it does appear like things are settling down, uh, Mm -hmm. for more, no other reason than you're getting some stability back there with, uh, for Benoit, Lagus, and and, you know, give those guys a lot of credit too here. Uh, last night, again, minutes were down a little bit, which is good for me. Benoit should be a type of guy that sits at, uh, at, 12 minutes 14 minutes you know when you start creeping in 17 18 I think it gets challenging for him Yep. um but you know uh, as far as the ideal partner is anyone that can keep Jake McCabe from you know overthinking or or trying to do too much I, I don't think it's necessarily finding the perfect defense partner for him it's just staying within yourself in terms of what you want to accomplish out there and and how hard you want to push or challenge. And it, right right now, I think McCabe's just sitting in a pretty good spot right now in his game. So I'm a little less worried about who he plays with and a little bit more uh, you know concerned about uh, just him staying within his 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 objectives and last night I think was a perfect example. All right, we
1: can't go any any further without talking about Austin Matthews who's uh, as mentioned had a couple of goals yesterday, now on pace for 66 this season. Um of course scored 60 in the 21-22 season where he also won the Hart Trophy and and that season basically start to finish he looked like a, a dominant force. Um and there's been little lulls this season obviously. He, he makes the headlines of a back-to-back hat tricks to start his season. But is Austin Matthews all the way back to that Hart Trophy guy that we saw a couple of years ago?
2: Well, he's he's back to being that threat, uh, and on any given play, on any given shot, uh, he, he's scaring the heck out of opponents. And I think uh, Sheldon talked about him the other day, saying he's just uh, he's just more assertive. He's just a guy that's taking charge. He's just a guy that. Uh, uh, wants to go out there and, and be a difference maker. And he's, he's working way harder, guys. At the end of the day, he's just he's put more emphasis on, uh, on every part of his game, which I love. Uh, and that includes the, uh, the back check. It includes taking pucks away. And I'll tell you what excited me the most about his game last night. And probably you guys are going to think I'm nuts. But it was the pass to Mitch Marner on the fourth goal. Yeah, that pass was right up there with anything that you can get out of your your top centerman. And I if there's one knock I've had against Austin, uh it's that he he doesn't uh disguise when he wants to shoot the puck. We all know he's going to shoot the puck and if he has a little bit more of a Kucherov where you can disguise your shot and give your opponents, including the goalies, uh, a more uh, unpredictable scenario. And that was the, the fake shot and the slide to Mitch Marner, which was like if he can bring that into his game, now he's a true threat uh, in all facets of the game. And that pass, I tell you what, is as good as any pass I've seen him make over the course of his Leaf career yeah I'm happy I'm happy to highlight that right because it's you know it's only it's only common sense right
0: that if you're a dangerous shooter you you should have some passing lanes open because of the way you've got to be defended and guess what if you start firing those passes every once in a while it's just going to make your life easier as a shooter so yeah it is a it's it's I'm happy you bring that up um, you know obviously no knives last night so the lines look a little bit different you get Gregor up top with Matthews and Nylander for for a big chunk of that uh, you know I don't know that that's necessarily the way they want to draw things up but you've been a guy wondering if knives maybe and not that he can't handle it but if it's the best use of him having him up top there could you see a world where they maybe try some other things and it's funny because we've I actually feel like Sheldon Keefe has tinkered so much less this year than, than he has in the past but could you see a world where maybe the Leafs uh, try to shake things up and you know I know Nylander and Matthews have worked well as of late and Marner's been with Tavares there could you see a guy like Gregor and you know I know Borny's been, been uh, banging this drum on your show there but could you see a guy like Gregor getting a, a little sniff uh, in the top six here, not permanently, but just to kind of see how it goes. He's got some wheels. Maybe it's a, it's a different look for Matthews and Nylander.
2: Yeah. I I, I had mentioned that. And right from the beginning of the season, I was always uh, a guy that uh, said too much too soon isn't uh, good for anyone. And I, listen, I'm a huge Matthew Nyes fan. And I think when it, when it's all said and done and you're starting your, 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 your playoff round, uh, he, he'll, he'll be there uh with Austin and, and Mitch. Uh, but it's the process of getting there. And sometimes when you've you you hit long stretches of the season and you're still it's all still new to you. It's it's a good thing to 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 pull a guy like that back a little bit. Now Gregor's shown that he can skate with the best of them. Uh he can forecheck. He can create uh openings out there. And I had no problem with him moving up last night. But that, that's just not a a look that uh, has any sustainability at all. But he can buy you time, mm. and that's a perfect example of, of 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 what we saw last night. Um, and and it worked. Uh, it worked beautifully. So, uh, Gregor's been fantastic this year, and a guy that uh, can work up and down the lineup in a pinch. Uh, but yeah, last night was was great. Uh, but there's no question that uh, Nye's. Is is working towards being a consistent top six winger, uh, but there will be examples, and last night was a perfect one that uh, that you can you can move people up and down the lineup and and uh, and not hurt your your ball club.
1: Buying time, like that, that's a, a perfect phrase to use for, I think, what the, the Maple Leafs have done here these, these first 20, some odd games, because I, I think we all understand that there's going to be moves made at the trade deadline, specifically on the back end, that they've more than just bought themselves time, they put themselves uh, selves back in the mix atop the Atlantic Division. How much of, of the credit for doing that? should we, should we hand to Sheldon Keith, Gipper?
2: Well, listen, Sheldon's it's never been an issue with this hockey club uh, in the regular season. We know they're going to get their points. We know they're uh a dangerous team offensively. The Rangers found that out. They got world-class players. Uh the mixing and the matching uh at the end of the day, it's still going to revolve around Matthews, Marner, Tavares, and, and Nylander. Uh as far as you know getting the most out of uh, 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 Lagason, uh, Benoit, uh, plugging holes. Yeah, let's give Sheldon a ton of credit here. Uh, that he's able to keep the machine well oiled here during the regular season. Uh, whether they finish, you know, whether they ultimately challenge, a lot of people had this team, uh, including me, guys. Uh, winning the Atlantic. Are we back so, to that?
1: To the to there because they're only four points back now.
2: Yeah, I don't think that's. Uh, come on, what are we? Twenty five, thirty games into the season. Yeah. So why? Yeah, it's it's not out of the realm that they can still win the Atlantic uh, division here. Uh, and it's not that you have to force it. It's not the be all end all where they end up uh, in 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 what the pecking order is in the division. But if it's there for the taking, go for it absolutely uh but this team was always built uh to have tremendous success during the regular season the question is do they have that best of seven type of team uh from from april on and to this day we can look at the standings we could look at last night's results and there's going to be a lot of us that question that uh including brad tree living and that's why he's constantly on the phone every day trying to shore up uh Uh, a blue line Uh, you know the the, it's all about the prep work between now and, and April on on what you what kind of lineup you want to see in a best of seven not not the remainder of the the 50 regular season games yeah
0: those are the questions we all have and I think a big part of it is you know when you talk about what kind of team are the Toronto Maple Leafs of course we talk about can they defend can they get saves but so much of that is the DNA inside of them and I don't want to I don't want to go too far with this point, Kipper, and you know nothing was the game we saw against the Canucks right before they went to Sweden. But does this not feel like a little bit better version of a Leafs team in the sense of sticking up for one another or having each other's backs? Like I don't want to overstate it; they are not the Broad the Street Bullies, low. and the bar is as low as it could possibly be. But you know, you mention a guy like Loggerson, you mention Benoit, you see Jake McCabe laying guys out, and you know Lagerson's not he's not killing anybody, but he doesn't shy away from. From anybody in a scrum he'll grab a guy in, in front of his net does it feel like we're trending and again it's the lowest bar possible and they're not the meanest team in the league far far from it but it does it not feel like they have a little bit more of that in their dna this year than than in years past or am i tr- squinting trying to see something that's not yeah there, no Kemper?
2: i i think it's safe to say this is the best stretch that we've seen this uh so far uh, and And I hope you're right, gunner. I hope it is trending uh, you know in that uh, that direction for sure. and like uh, McCabe and a couple of those hits will go a long way of sending that message. You don't need a ton of guys to send out uh, uh, that vibe, uh, but you need enough and I tell you what, just to, that one hit changes the dynamic and the feel of the hockey club does it not it's incredible isn't it yeah totally hit like that would do uh for for the feel of the club or the feel of your fan base to sit there and say hey usually we're on the receiving end of something like that you know uh but there's going to be other challenges down the road there'll be another incident Uh uh you know potentially that uh a Marchand takes a little into the mm-hmm. boards, and we're just we'll we'll see how it follows up. But uh, yeah, to your point, absolutely, it, it's trending in the right direction, and I think uh, the, the the closeness, the feel of you know Tavares uh, getting his mm-hmm. one thousandth point you know, the dads, all of that seems to be coming together at a good time for the Leafs. Yeah, hey, man,
0: uh, you know, I know MLSC doesn't want me to say it, but uh, if all we need is the dads around to get a little more physical version of these guys, keep them around, keep them, keep them <laughs> around. You know, you mentioned it, though, the idea of when McCabe lays somebody out like that, what it does to the team, but I'll even go a step farther with the guy who obviously means more to the team, but is less physical. Austin Matthews, I go back to that Preds game on Saturday, I don't even know that he meant to do it, but he runs into a guy guy right in front of his own bench and you see the looks on the guy's faces going, oh, look at that. I mean, Revo starts chuckling, because he's Revo, but when Matthews is doing that, and there was another play in that game where him and Nyes, again, it wasn't like they went in there like they were bruisers, but they just realized they are 6'2 and 6'3 respectively, and they both weigh over 200 pounds, and they use their frame, and I do wonder if there's some element to that, and it's just, again, it, it, it not clicking overnight, but just slowly building, and that, that goes to what I expect Trelliving to do at the deadline, like how much do you think that, of course, the players he targets are going to be players who fill the gap that need to be filled, be that a third line center, be that a couple of bodies on the blue line. But how much do you think it is to kind of continue that work? Do you think we're really – that Trilliving is going to kind of be looking for his – not carbon copies of what Dubis did last year but those types of players your Shen's your Ryan O'Reilly's those type of guys like does it not feel like that's exactly what Trelliving's going to be looking for uh, when he does his shopping here yeah but
2: he, keep in mind gunner don't get overly excited he, fair he went Thank on you. record about a week ago and and mentioned that you know you just can't keep going back to the well and grabbing these guys, uh, the cupboards are fairly bare right now. And as far as prospects that you can dangle out there, we know the ones that uh, are almost untouchable. So, you know, I don't know how much tweaking that he, he's going to do up front, to be honest with you. I think this is just geared towards the back end yeah. and finding a top four D a guy that can log 20 22 mm. minutes and tanov seems to be the the one guy that we keep coming back to um, so he's going to have to just absolutely uh, nail this one uh, because there's not a lot of it's not a lot of room to kind of you know nibble uh, around it so uh, outside of that you know if if you had even 5 or 10 Percent more of a of a physical Austin Matthews. What does that do for his game? Mm. Like, think about if he this guy yeah. had a mean streak. What kind of player he would be in the National Hockey League if he had a a streak? You know that that uh, was real proactive uh, along the rest of his world class skill. It it would be scary. Well, I mean, it, it that would be, would be a the thing.
0: That'd be the thing version. that would separate him from McDavid, right? Like we sometimes do the thing where we go, "Oh, you know, this guy's yeah. pretty special." But if he had that in him, that would be the element that actually yeah. would make it be like a fair conversation, wouldn't it, Kipper?
2: Well, then now you're more into the best of seven type of right play that that can really be a difference maker and and winning and losing around. So uh, it, it's not going to take much for Austin. And to your point, when you start seeing a few of these uh, these smaller uh, examples, maybe that's enough to to gain his confidence again to, to say, yeah, maybe I can do a little bit more of that. Maybe I can push back a little bit more of that. That's the only thing that's ever been missing mm-hmm. in his game, to be honest with you. Uh, we, we know where that skill is. We know where the world-class shot is in terms of uh, – being one of the better ones probably in the history of the game. Uh, when, you, when you start talking about plus 60 goal seasons again, um, we're talking about a rare hockey player that comes around uh, not very often. Uh, but to add five, 10 more percent uh, in the physicality department for him yeah. would uh, again take him to another level. All right.
1: Uh, last one before that, you go. because uh, you mentioned, Chris Tanev, who who missed yesterday's uh, game against the Golden Knights with an upper body injury. This is a guy that's not exactly the picture of of health over the last. I mean, his entire career, right? Like he's always missing, you know, twenty or or so games. Um, do you think at all that that makes that the, the Flames nervous? That yeah, hey, this is a guy that's likely going to be headed out the door at the trade deadline that maybe you want to consummate that trade a little earlier rather than later, as opposed to like getting burned where he suffers an injury right as
2: you're about to trade him. Well, it definitely gives, I think, Calgary something to think about. And uh, I think, I think if he's healthy a month before the trade deadline, then it still will be plenty for, for teams like Toronto to want to trade for him. Uh, But, you know, the, the only question is, is, you know, at what price Uh, we had Eric Francis on a real Kipper and Bourne show the other day. And, you know, he had spoke about a second and a prospect, which I think would be fair again, if he, if he showed for the last four weeks of the season, that this guy's ready for a a big push. I, I, I think, Tree Living knows this guy well enough to understand that, you know, when you play the game as hard as him, when you're willing to put your face in front of a shot to block it, yeah, there's going to be times when, you know, you may lose him for a little while, but I'm, yeah. I'm still willing to take that chance. So it's it's going to be a bidding war for him, but he's going to have to come back into the lineup and have a long stretch just prior to the playoffs to really uh, put that uh, uh, that thought out of your head that, uh, you know, this guy's injury prone. Uh, Kipper,
1: always a pleasure. We'll be listening today. Thanks, buddy. Okay, guys, have a great day. You too. Nick Kiprios, Real Kipper and born. He was our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Chris Hannah feels like he's going to be a Toronto Maple Mm -hmm. Leaf, whether it's at the deadline or next season, and it feels like it's definitely going to be at the deadline. But like I said, this is a guy that's, yeah, routinely playing 60 or so games. Mm-hmm. As long as he plays all your postseason games or the majority of them, yep. that's what you're in it for. But if you're a Flames fan or you're not nervous that like, yeah, he the, if this Next injury. that claims is...
0: Both fan bases are nervous.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, right? Like, okay, so not that this one's going to be the one that keeps him out for the, like, beyond the trade right. deadline. That's not what I'm talking about. It's like, when he returns, like, right. is the next injury going to be the one? Or is it, again, ill-timed where, like, you lose some of your leverage because, like, oh, well, he'll be back before the deadline or but before the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But, like, for how long and what version of the guy do you get? I mean in the Flames aren't out of it nope. out of it in the Western Conference but that would give me pause if if I was Craig Conroy.
0: Yeah, I, I totally understand what you're saying but from Tre Living's perspective like not that there isn't a plan b c d e f that mm-hmm. he's sitting there looking at but if that's your plan a you want to make that trade because if you if you trade for Kristanov and he breaks his hand blocking a shot no one gets mad. No one gets... Like, we all have to accept the rules of engagement here now. You don't get to get mad at Brad Treliving for uh-huh. that. You don't get to get... You certainly don't get to get mad at Chris Tanner for that. We can all point our ire to whichever defenseman takes the shot. That, or, or, that's fine. We can do that. But... So, from Treliving's perspective, I think he's going, I want to make this trade. I've seen this player. He's going to go on the shelf again, almost mm-hmm. certainly, just because of the style he plays. The other thing also is that if it's a... A bidding war that ends up happening here. How much does the confidence that the lease have the ability to, they yeah. think, to re-sign him lead into that bidding war like does that cause them to bid more because i do think there is something to and i think that as more and more guys have done this and guys like you know a guy like giordano who obviously would have some connection to the flames there it's like you can sell people on coming here but it's easier to sell somebody on an extension if they've been or signing here if they've gone through the process if they play here if if they know it
1: somewhere else if somebody outbids the leafs for his services and he still hits free agency like is yeah like no that's like if the I Oilers much were less...
0: to make a trade for Kristanov or something, and, you know, I know that they – it's like the two worst teams from the Flames' perspective. Right. It's like, can he go literally anywhere other yeah. than Edmonton and Toronto, please? Mm-hmm. Vancouver, do you really like that more? I don't know. But, yeah, that's the thing. Like, that's how I look at it. it there is got to be some impetus for the Leafs, not only of what he means this year, but if you mm-hmm. want to sign him, it's like get to do your pitch. Early and don't make it be a pitch, have it be a three month experience. Yeah,
1: because, and who knows if it's just posturing, but everything we've heard from Bride for Living, it doesn't feel like this is a team that's like all that enamored with going into the rental market yet again
0: for
2: yeah, but this team. He,
0: he said that couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Like, they've shown something in that time with less and less parts of their team, have they not? Right. So you're
1: saying that it's more worth burning even more future assets to go in this particular season. Like, I'm not disagreeing with you, but and that's going to be a conversation that leads us towards the trade deadline, right? Like, is this version of the Toronto Maple Leafs the best shot they got to win it all? and despite the strong play record wise, again, like I'm not necessarily convinced, but you can convince me because well, the, the, the best argument would be that there's a, a flat talent pool yes. in not just the Eastern Conference, but in the NHL mm-hmm. in general. And it's their best opportunity because there's no dominant force, especially in the Eastern Conference. But as far as this being the best version of the Leafs team we've seen in the last seven years, I'm not I'm not hundred percent
0: convinced. No, of I that. don't think so. The other massive question mark that lingers over all this and we got the good news on it, but you know, like they probably want to see Joe Wall play one more game in the yeah. regular season before they say for sure this is a team that can make a run. Because you, it's not say so you can't win without Samsonov. Obviously, you can. They literally did it last year. But the best version of this Leafs team this season, I think, has Joe Wall at, at the very least as part of the tandem, if mm-hmm. not at the tip of the spear when it comes to to goaltending there. And from Treleving's Living's perspective, I think that I think that this has maybe dissuaded the notion of having a bit of a sit on his hands year. And obviously he wasn't going to be able to sit on the Klingberg cap space. But I don't think that – I don't think they've quite shown enough yet that you need to see more games like the Rangers game, quite Mm -hmm. frankly, before he says, ooh, okay, maybe I do change my mind and maybe I need to push in for not just the the one piece.
1: That's where the eye test matters. Like it doesn't matter, you know, hey, listen. It's all these
0: also rants, yeah.
1: As as far as like criticizing the team, you know, it's style points, uh, despite the fact that they're picking up two points in these shootout games, where it matters is – convincing the general manager that you're worth pushing more chips into the middle of the table to acquire assets. And what, trade did, deadline.
0: what did Jim Trilliving think of what he saw all on right. the dad's trip? Yeah. That's the real question. It's a a lot, lot of Shark, shark Tank question. talk. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we should talk to that guy. Mm, yeah, he's doing the rounds. Uh, <laughs> all right. When
1: we come back, yeah, is some physical play in yesterday's game. Yeah, Lots of physical play over the last... Week or so in the NHL, guys are cross-checking each other in the face. Guys are getting uh, six-game suspensions. Less, less,
0: yeah, about that. Still, <laughs> like, but still, yeah, like, like, like that is happening. No, yes, factually, but, but like, oh, not a like, no, a, not, not I agree like a, a yeah, it. but a little uh, bit of like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll, we'll talk to a guy who would know <laughs> about that aspect of the game. Jody Shelley, former NHL forward, NHL Network analyst, joins us next. So the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet five ninety The Fan.
0: Diving deep into Leafs. Raptors, Jays,
1: and NFL. The J.D. Bunkers Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on
0: Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Great morning show, 4759, the fan band and Brian Gutting. The NHL's got to get back together and have everybody play the same number of games because you can't look at the standards. When you can between, you know, evaluating where the Leafs are compared to where the Bruins are, because they played the same number of games, they're only like four points back. Mm-hmm. But as far as everybody else, it's, it's a total mishmash. So you got to look at points percentage, where the Maple Leafs this season sit fifth at 67%. percent hmm
0: Last year. Yeah. They finished fifth. Oh.
1: At 67%. percent mm.
0: Points percentage. I'm a big omen guy. So until you told me that that's where they were last (laughs) year, I was like, oh, that's so good. Or the worst ever. I don't know. I could be talked in either side of it. But that's just what they always do. The Leafs have been the exact same team. They've been very different. But they've somehow been the exact same team Mm -hmm. for the better part of five years now.
1: Yeah, no. Time is a flat circle.
0: we are doing another McConaughey.
1: Yeah. (laughs) No. I mean, listen. They're 67.3 point percentage this year is that last year there's 67.7 oh, which is points a
0: percentage miles difference
1: well there is a there's a, a major difference uh in uh, the goal scoring from their best goal scorer who's back on pace to more than 60 goals a season after just 40 a paltry 40 a season ago let's talk to Jody Shelley former NHL forward uh, NHL network analyst uh, on the desk yesterday for NHL network how's it going Jody pretty good how you guys doing Doing alright, man. So you were you were paying attention to this Leafs-Rangers game yesterday, obviously working uh, in your oh, yeah. capacity for NHL Network and yeah, it's been a weird season because there's been so many points accrued in, in overtime and shootouts for this Leafs team but like, eye test-wise how good does this Leafs team look to you?
3: You know, I'm impressed with them. I, I thought you know, in Long Island the other night, that was uh, just the urgency with the goalie out, how they tied things up, how they went into the garden last night in the first period, like of expect that out of a team to have the engine going you know it's up to the rangers in the first period with a team on the back-to-back to come out and kind of throw the storm up for the first 10 minutes but the Leafs came out strong and after that that second period i was impressed how they kind of they kind of just vanilla the game up a little bit they were really good in front of their net they were back checking and creative pressure it seemed like they smothered the rangers and um really didn't give much of course the rangers got that that uh, goal to get it within one and, but then the the lease took it over so i like their team i think that you know sheldon keith and his coaching staff from what i've seen they're very detailed like there's parts of the game that they pay attention to and they have the players bought in to take care of those details And I think they're one of those teams with analytics and and the amount of coaches they have and the amount of time they spend working on things. They've got a good buy-in there. I, I, I like what they have going on.
0: Yeah, and it's it's good to hear that from an outside perspective. I mean, we've been so bogged down in the minutia. Again, like I've, I've been saying, we've been talking about the exact same team with so many different players for five years now. It, it's nice to, to hear that from from the from from someone uh, with a you know a little more uh, three thousand foot view view of it all. You know, in terms of just Matthews specifically, like the goal scoring is always going to jump out, especially when he's back to this kind of sixty goal pace. And you know, who knows if he's able to to keep that up? But what else jumps out to you from from Matthews game. Is it the size? You know, obviously the shot's there for everybody, but what is it that kind of most impresses you about
3: him? Yeah, to me, he's grown up like he's, you know, he's not a cruiser. He's a guy that he's hes one of the ones that works at his game, like to score 50 goals in the NHL, you know, it's, it's amazing. The guys that can do score 40s, 50 year after year or do it more than once. Because, you know, you look at Robertson, who's in Dallas. His number is circled on the board when the opposition's playing him, Jason Robertson. And it's hard when you've got to go up against the best, and, and you have to battle through it, and you have to find the timing. Austin Matthews has timing on pucks. He's got players that, that uh, can take attention away, which gives him a chance to get open. Uh, he's got defensemen who can help him keep the puck in the zone to create those spots and he's got a dangerous and lethal shot that he he can, he's got the moves to get open himself to do it. So the combination of the players he plays with, how he understands the game and how he works at it, I mean, to me, he's one of the best, one of my my favorite watches is Austin Matthews. Just how, you know, and and I like his swagger. Like, you know, I like that he hangs out with Justin Bieber. I like that he goes to (laughs) UFC events. To me, he's he's a superstar in the NHL who, who backs it up with, how he approaches the game. And I think he wants to win a cup. And I, I, I he kind of sense that his approach to the, to the daily, I guess, excellence. Mm. When you look at Sidney Crosby and, and those guys that have done it for years, they do it every day to get better. I think he's got that. So I I think he's the player that makes players around him uh, better as well.
1: He has a sense for the moment as well, right? Like, I know Toronto is the place everybody wants to come in and and perform well, and he gets to do that all his home games. But MSG is still MSG, Jody. You would know, like, what is it like for uh, opposing players, especially guys with the star power of an Austin Matthews, to step into the Mecca?
3: It's, uh, I mean, there's nothing like it. I mean, because think about it. When you travel with an NHL team, you go airplane, bus, hotel, Rink, back to the hotel, nap on a bus, and then you go back to the rink, and then you get on a plane and go home. So, the last night of the back to back, it's that. But Madison Square Garden is in the middle of New York City. You walk up a big ramp to get to the fifth yeah, floor. Yeah, okay, hold is.
0: on, hold on, hold on. Pause there for a second. How steep is that ramp? Because every time, like, I know you guys like peak of your powers, you're all like, you have it's, professional athletes, but I would not want to do that before starting my work day every day or the one would. time I play at MSG.
3: I would? You just glide right up there. Okay. Glide all right. Right up. All right. Probably a, I don't know. I mean, is it a 16 incline? It, <laughs> it's deeper than you think. Okay. Like, it's pretty good. So, you, you, you know, you hump your way up there, and then you got pictures of Muhammad Ali, the Rolling Stones, all on the wall. Everybody's performed perform there. There's 380 events in a 365-day calendar, and the lights, the feeling, the big moment. I said that about Matthews last night. I said, this guy is going to jump. When this puck hits the ice, because it's a back-to-back, and he knows where he's at, and it's Madison Square Garden in the buzz of an original six matchup. It's just, as a player, he just—it's it, a show. You feel like you're in the middle of a show when, when you're when you're in Madison Square Garden, and it is fun, um, different like different than any other rink. So you're right. He does have a sense of the moment. He has a sense of the moment of of the stage, the moment, of the games. Yeah, he's, he he gets it.
0: Okay, I don't want to get too bogged down from the moment of the day, but just you talking about star power and, you know, doing a little prep for this interview. I went back and looked at some of the teams you had played for. I got to talk about the, to you about these Flyers teams you played on late in, in your career. If you want to talk about characters like Mike Richards, Jeff Carter, Claude Giroux, Daniel Carcillo was on some of these teams, Chris Steak and I'll save the best for last, Chris Pronger, what was it like playing on uh, on on some of those Flyers teams? I mean, I'm sure there's a few names that that you're thinking of. Oh, right, uh, Sergey Bobrovsky. He part of it all as well. Like, what was it like playing on those teams? You want to talk about a, ca- a cast of characters? That is certainly one.
3: It was so much fun, Brian Boucher. Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> it, it was such a, a great experience because we had James Van Riemsdyk coming in as the young player, number two overall. And I think one of the best things that happened to him was he was in a locker room with Chris Pronger, who, you know, Prongs would have his stall. So you, when you get to the Ricky change, you put on flip-flops, you're in your kind of your underwear, right? So your clothes is hanging up. Prongs' stall was right next to Van Riemsdijk. Mm. And you could be anywhere in the practice facility, and if James Van Riemsdijk's shoes were over the imaginary line in Chris Pronger's stall, you <laughs> <laughs> would just hear... Reamer! And it was just like, you walk, you know, and Reamer would go, and Van like would come in, and Chris would look at him and say, James, what is this? Look at this flip-flop. This is unacceptable. And James would be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Chris, I'm sorry. He'd move the flip-flop back, and I'd sit there and look at Chris like, are you really serious? And he'd give this big puff of the chest. And then he give me a wink, and I'm like, Ah, okay, I, I get you now, Prongs. I get you. <laughs> Just keeping it all straight, you know. Just he was, he was so good at understanding the game on the ice, but he was so great at understanding roles and locker rooms off the ice. He was. I was talking about this last night. If he didn't have that eye injury, he could have played a long time because of what, mm. you know, those things that he brought that are so much fun.
1: Yeah, there, there are no more Chris Prongers around, right? And and the game has changed quite a I bit. I hope there are. Yeah. It's hard to imagine, man. He he feels one on one, but yeah, it it does feel like the NHL is reverting back to form a little bit over the last couple of days. Jody, we've seen some significant uh, subs, uh, suspensions and like some physicality in the game that we're we're not used to seeing, or at least last year didn't see as much. Like, are, do you think the NHL is getting back to to something more resembling that that style of play?
3: I kind of feel like every team is looking for that that player that brings energy, you know, the character player, not the necessarily how I play it. Of course that's, that's gone, but the player that can bring a spark and and play with emotion, maybe just ignite something within the team at some point, but also, you know, stand up for each other. I I love my favorite part of the game is the emotional part. And when the emotional card is played at times, I love it. And I thought the Rangers were going to play it last night a little bit, you know, that was a heck of a hit on Lingren. Yeah. Uh, was it Jake McCabe stepped up? Yep. It was a beautiful – I mean, you look at that in slow motion, you say to Lingren, ah, don't watch that puck. Yeah. But it's a, it was a great hit, right? So he gets laid out, and Zibanejad gets – did he get it? He got the minor on his own there? Yeah, he got an extra. McCabe. They gave
0: rough, rough, and another
3: rough, that's basically, what it was. yeah. Yeah, okay. So, sure. so that's a little much. But Agreed. I love the emotion that, that's played in hockey where – if you can go into Madison Square Garden and get down a couple goals or you need a spark, you can go out and, you know, not just chirp players, but you can take a run and drop the gloves. For example, give Branson the other night. Mm-hmm. That whole thing could have been stopped if, if, um, if Cousins. Cousins got kicked out of the game after this hit, yep. and he didn't, which is kind of like the league saying, we're going to leave you in, buddy, because you have to face the music, right? And good Branson made him face the music. That, there's a part of our game that's hard to explain and easy to hate. It's easy to not understand and take a stance that how oh, this is disgusting. Jody mm-hmm. Shelley talking about fighting. That's all he talks about. That's all they want to do. But it's not that. It's just a part of the team where stick up for each other, uh, handle things yourselves. And, and in that situation, you know, pay the piper yeah. a little bit. I didn't love the whole optics of it, but there, there's, there's that element in there.
0: No, of course not. And I, honestly, it's like the league's never going to come out and say it, but it almost feels to me like that's why Gabranson got two and not four or five. It's saying, okay, yeah, we know, like we know, we know. And everyone, no one gets to say it out loud. You and I can because we didn't have anything to do with the decision, but it almost does does really feel that way. And you know, just to bring it back to the to the Leafs for a second, you mentioned McCabe. He's a guy who takes a run like that. They haven't had a guy who's been. I mean, they traded for him last year, but they haven't had a guy who's done that in a really long time. Even a player like Max. Dome, me now you know no one's no one's his dad in tie but he has that in him he'll take a run at guys he'll give you a whack he'll give you a cross check he'll fight and even if it means he's going to lose he'll still fight and i i do think having those kind of characters and you know of course we'd love it if it came from the guy we started this conversation with chris pronger when it's the best player on your team it's great but you need those guys all up and down the lineup uh just kind of sticking on that theme what did you make of what happened with perron there i mean obviously that's a guy who pardon the pun uh, via the team he plays on but he snapped he saw red he saw what happened to Larkin I'm yeah. sure emotions are extra high around that team with that player given everything he's personally going through right now and I'm not doing that to you know defend David Perron or anything but just add the the other context there what did you make of that situation and do you think the league got it right with those six games I know he's gonna appeal here
3: yeah, I think they went heavy on a guy that you know hasn't been suspended. But you can't cross check someone in the head. And I understand what he did. He saw his captain down in a terrible situation and and out and and just looked bad. And he he reacted and unfortunately it was cross checked to the head. And, and thankfully Zoob's uh, all right. You know what I mean? But I think I would think four would be, you know, would be good. But six, I, I get it because the optics of that hit. The crush. You can't have guys checking guys in the head. That's yeah. it. You have to do something else, yeah. right? You can drop the gloves, grab them. You can do that in hockey. That's why it's six. You use, you use an object to to go after a guy. I, I will say, I just want to add a comment on the Max and, Yeah, please. and the characters, McCabe, you guys have. When I talked to Paul Maurice last week, he said his most important player, maybe his most important player was Sam Bennett. And it was for the fact that there's people in the league there's players in the league that aren't sure at times what he's going to do he's yep. quiet he can <laughs> fight he can snap and there's something there for his team and you think of Max Domi yeah he's not Ty Domi but Max Domi's a smart kid he's a guy that knows when to drop gloves knows when to throw checks you know he, he's a guy that can make plays of course he wants to play higher in the lineup but when he understands where he slots in and he has that card and plays it even more He's going to be that most one of those valuable pieces that a team needs because there is something there. McCabe last night with that hit. Now guys in the locker room, this is how easy it is. The next time the Leafs play, it'll be what the Blue Jackets uh, tomorrow. Yep. They'll be like, oh yeah, and keep your heads up, keep your head on McCabe. It's like okay, just it just takes that little bit of presence to put guys uh, on aware and I, I love those elements of teams. So those are all important elements within the team.
1: Yeah, and of course, Max Domi did scrap with uh, Sam Bennett a couple of weeks ago. Then made fun of his bald head. Like, is that is that fair game to make some, fun of somebody's <laughs> no,
3: baldness? No, I did that once. I did that once. I had a comment to someone about their pancake. I won't say who it was. Pancake on the back of their head. And now you know what? I'm getting my own pancake. So I, that is uh, that is not cool. Just don't do that. Uh, all
1: right. I, I enjoyed it. It was pretty good. Uh, Jody, this this was great. Thanks so much for doing this. Appreciate it.
3: My pleasure, guys. Have a great day. Thanks right, for having
1: me on. Thanks for doing it. Jody Shelley, former NHL forward, uh,
0: NHL Network analyst. I feel like this obviously uh, goes without saying, but, you know, of all of the old guys that the Leafs brought in here, like <sighs> the Marlows and, you know, like John Tavares, I know he's, like, younger, old, but still an older presence, the, the Thornton, all that. It's God. Could you imagine, and it's like timeline didn't work out and the I thing is no longer able to play, but of the all the old guys that they could have brought in, like could you imagine a world of Chris Pronger as the Leafs 60 or 50 or whatever, just like, yeah. cause again, like that's the guy. He's the perfect mix of, Hey, it's okay. Hey, we're, Hey, it's, it's only hockey. It doesn't need to be so serious. And this is the most serious thing in the world And I'll I will you kill you to blood. get it. And even if I don't get it, I'll just steal the puck. So you don't get to enjoy having won and it. Like defense, he would have been the, well in defense, right? It's the thing they've also been missing. It's like, he would have been so perfect. And mm. now, now that Jody put that in my head, I'm going to watch those sports interactions every time commercials and go, why aren't you teaching this to yeah. Mitch? Don't teach it to Leon, but yeah. teach
1: to Mitch. I don't know. God. Can it be taught though?
0: No, well, this is the thing we've tried forever, but if anybody like, it feels like a, I'm just putting myself in mm-hmm. that shoe. It's like if I'm 20 years old. And Chris Pronger says, do X. I'm like, can I do X twice? Would that make you more proud? Mm-hmm. Chris, like he really does feel like he would have been the guy if anybody could have. But we said that about Jumbo. We said that about Marlow. Said it about Simmons. Said it yeah. about Spence. But he's a little different than all those guys. Obviously, obviously,
1: obviously. And this is yeah. It, it's there's there's going to be additions at the deadline, and maybe this person exists in the form of a trade acquisition. Um, but maybe maybe Max Domi is that guy. Like it does
0: heartbeat for sure.
1: They had that guy in Nazem Kadri, but he took it too far, right? And just circumstances. Let us down the path of it It just being, you know, something that at the time felt like could not abide yet another season And he of did that.
0: get suspended again after leaving here. Like, we forget right. that because he won the cup. But he did, like, literally the next year where you go, yeah. okay, well, he's not a Leaf. He's surely smartened up. He did it again.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, he's signed a contract since then. Yeah. And, obviously, the return was so bad yeah. in trade there. But, God.
0: Well, and but, you know, I know it wasn't – I know, you know, you don't want somebody to get suspended. But the Leafs don't win that series if Michael Bunting doesn't knock uh, Eric Chernak out of it. So, you know. Oh, it's a like, – it, It's a great point vi- by yeah. me. Just thought I'd add that in. <laughs> like, you know, no one wants to sit here and say, oh, yeah. you got to take guys out. But you kind of got to do it. Because if, if Eric Chernak's in that series, the Lightning D isn't as all – out of sorts as it was, Hedman like was banged up at that point in time. 100%. Yeah. So good job, Michael Bunting. Thank you for your service. Good luck in Carolina. Yeah.
1: And Andre Vasilevsky, uh, not at the peak of his powers and, you know, in an off season in which he has surgery. Yeah. There's a lot of mitigating circumstances, yada, 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 but it will be interesting to once again, have a team with a, a potential physical wild card in Max Dome, right? Like how does that, how does that translate when we get to the postseason? Mm-hmm. What is, We've seen it at times during the regular season, but it's the regular season. Max Domi understands, like, yep. hey, like, yeah, we, we, I can't be doing this every day for 82 regular season dates. Like, that's that's going to wear on me, yep. and that's not what I'm here for. It is for the postseason. I, I just, to have that again, you're right. Michael Bunting did it. He provided yep. that element of it,
0: but to have that guy that... Uh, yeah, Bunting's not Kadri, he's not Domi, he's not anywhere near in that class of no, that guy.
1: No, no, but yeah, Domi being that guy, I think that's an interesting well, I just remember having so scenario many, to think about. I just it remember having season. so
0: many conversations with people about Kadri heading into the playoffs that year. If I'm dying, and I'm not talking about the year there, I'm talking about the year with like the the Bozak core and all of that. Of I just want to watch this man in a playoff series. Mm-hmm. He feels like the player, and honestly... Max Domi feels like the first leaf that has been on this team that you've said that about, right? Like Hyman had it because he worked, but guess what? Everybody works in the playoffs and I'm not begrudging Zach Hyman would kill for him to still be on this team. But Max Domi really does feel like the first guy since Kadri where you say, I can't wait to see that guy in a playoff series. Like, what does he look like? Is it different? I think it will be. Can't wait. Yeah, long time ago. Again,
1: you cannot infuse that into somebody. You can't tell somebody to be more emotional. Well, Either you, you, you have can. the emotions you just have to or be you're tied not. Be and
0: be his dad. Yeah, it's like he infused it in him.
1: E- yeah, <laughs> th- 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 through genetics. Yes, exactly. E- e- yeah, yeah. So it's it's while there might be a slightly in, increased chance that Austin Matthews is going to throw a hit in a postseason series, he's he's not going to look like the same type of emotional player that
0: you know <laughs> some of the guys can, we're talking that about. That could be Mershon. No.
1: No, he's not. All right, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. This has been the Fan Morning Show. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Good Good morning. morning.